Hey everybody, welcome back to the Jet Switcher podcast. It's Liz here and I'm joined by Brady and Brian today. Um, so right now we're recording on the 1st of April, April Fool's Day. So I guess maybe I should come up with something. I had a couple of them on Twitter today. Dylan DeMello sucks. <laughs> April Fool's. <laughs> um, just kidding. But um, so April, as we know, is usually the wind down um, of the season. So either for some teams, it's pretty anticlimactic because you've already been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs or you're in the push to secure a good spot in your division, make the playoffs, all that fun stuff. So April is usually a pretty fun time for hockey. Uh, trade deadline happened about two weeks ago now. So we're kind of getting, we're seeing the results kind of come to fruition from the results that happened there. Um, just all that kind of fun stuff. As of right now, the Jets have played 69 games. Nice. Nice. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> which means there are 13 games left. Um, as most of you know, as of right now when we're recording, the kind of main opponent to catch is Dallas. Obviously, Vegas is still a concern as well, but only three or one of the three teams being the Jets, Vegas, and Dallas will make the playoffs. So we're just kind of figuring out there um, what needs to happen in the next 13 games to make it there. Or, well, I mean, I guess I'm ruining the content from the episode. What's going to happen? Um, should we be trying to make it? What's kind of the, the deal for the next little bit? So we just thought we'd jump on, have a small roundtable discussion today. Obviously, you all know Brady and Brian from previous episodes. The three of us like to chat often, kind of talk about what we've seen, things like that. Um, and yeah, just kind of dive into um, the Winnipeg Jet season so far. Um, so maybe I'll turn to Brady first. We'll talk about, um, I mentioned the trade deadline already. So we've seen a little bit of Zach Sanford, a little bit of Mason Appleton. We've seen, um, the farewell to Andrew Kopp, the non-farewell to Paul Stastny, farewell to Nathan Bolio. Sorry, forgot to mention my bad. I can't even remember where we traded. I, um, I don't even remember where we traded. It's very, very <laughs> I think, oh, wow. <laughs> I think we like. have to, I think we have to really, um, appreciate what Nathan Bully you brought to the lineup every night. Yeah. It was um I, there I was, there was really a lot of a lot of heart there. He he played his ass off. And you know what? We just have to respect the shit out of that. And he he, he tried hard. He he really did. He he showed up every night. I mean we can't really uh we all we all know we had uh some we weren't weren't the biggest fans of him. Um, I was actually uh, reminiscing on some old episodes the other day and I was watching the uh, year in review of the like post COVID season. And immediately we started talking about him being on the top pair with on, on his offside. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I forgot how bad. Things were. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I forgot um, about that. No, honestly, yeah, Kate, is I it didn't. really unfair to say, or not unfair, unreasonable. Maybe I'm going to get fired from the podcast, but like, I low-key didn't hate him um, right before his injury when he was playing. I honestly was not hating what I was seeing from him. I okay. I, didn't, I actually didn't let's, mind him. Let's for like... stop with the April Fool's jokes. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll be like dead, like honest, dead honest. I remember being like, he's he's a good like seventh option, like maybe like one or two, like a year into when we had him, and then like. And then they, he just got misused and then became just kind of this poster boy for like uh, using like a, a veteran who, you know, will never be anything good uh, other than what he does instead of, you know, the younger guys, which obviously we yell about all the time. Um, but yeah. You, no, you're... but like for me, some of it might have just been I was very, very frustrated with Logan Stanley this year and just like a lot of But honestly, before he got hurt, the like three or four games leading up to that, I was low key like. This is well, not the worst he's ever played. He, he looked better points. than he had that whole season. He put up points, I guess, in those games, didn't Did he? he? I he, literally would not have even know. He he there. had a couple of decent games, and and yeah. which is which is the bar is so low for him that we were like, mm-hmm. just seeing yeah. him play okay was like sure. Again, that that is neither here nor there in regards to like the the other people who could have been playing. Um, but obviously, you know, obviously gotta give commend the guy <laughs> i don't know if you guys read my uh my first ever blog piece like back um it's probably january 2021 yeah right at the start of the uh the bubble season not the well the year right after the bubble like when they went to the the canadian division that's sorry just... yeah i call it the bubble season yeah the canadian okay division. yeah yeah sorry yeah, yeah. um I had wrote that I thought the Jets were actually getting decent on D with uh, with Forbert and Bolu being <laughs> additions, and that 
maybe Bolu would be pretty decent as a third pairing defenseman. I think I think I remember writing that. Um, we can check the logs. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. We can check. <laughs> I don't the know. Internet I, is forever. The internet exactly. is forever. My saying that think, protecting Toby Enstrom was, was a mistake. They still exist. They're out oh, there. I have a tweet being like, "I love Tyler Myers" or something like that. <laughs> or we all, have, Tyler we all, we all have some bad ones. Um, <laughs> I, in my defense, I did write that uh, I thought that should have been a competition between those two and Hanel and Sandberg, but uh... mm-hmm. yeah. Um, uh, considering we brought it up, uh, Zach Sanford. <laughs> so I guess it seems like we've, we've passed the Nathan Beaulieu. Um, actually, before we get to that, do we, I guess since we're kind of on the topic of, of like just talking about the guys who left, I feel like we should also uh, commend Andrew Kopp, who like um, yeah. since, since leaving, I'm pretty sure the other night he scored uh, the game-winning goal in overtime. I think he also assisted on another overtime goal. He's been playing like really, really well for the Rangers, and everything I see from Rangers fans is that they absolutely love him. Oh, they um, yeah, they adore him. Just just saying though, I too would play well if I got to play with Ochevi Panarin. Just saying. That is fair. That is very <laughs> fair. And uh, I guess he has an upgrade on on Ryan Strom, but uh, I don't know. Maybe Brian will disagree with me on that one. I uh, I haven't watched a Rangers game since he got traded, and like that's different for me. When a player gets traded from the Jets, I always used to tend to watch their games like a lot, at least mm-hmm. at the start. But let's just pull up some metrics here. Oh, wow. Okay. So they, they like him though. Like he looks good. While you're pulling that up, I'll just give my two cents. Like, listen, like we always talk about the versatility of the guy, how he could fit in all situations, things like that. And if paired with the right kinds of players, he's going to have really great results. And do I know for sure that Panarin or anybody is the right perfect match for him? I, no, I'm not sure. But like, I'm not surprised that he's doing well. And I knew I wasn't going to be surprised if he did well, or if they set him up for failure and he didn't do well, I also would not have been surprised with that. So like, he's not a surprising guy, like anything that no. happens, like I I'm, I'm happy for him though. Like genuinely, like I think he brought a lot to the table and he was a great ad for any team that was going to bring him on. So like, I'm glad it's working out for the Rangers. I I've always looked at Andrew Kopp as uh, like a poor man, Zach Hyman kind of thing, or just a less um, marketed one. Like obviously if you play in Toronto, you're going to get the, the spotlight shown on you. And also if you play with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, you'll get the spotlight shown on you. But like, he's the type of guy that like, in all honesty, like if we weren't paying a guy like Lowry, like three, 3.25 or whatever, like he's the type of guy who I'd rather attribute that money towards um, if we were to keep him. Um, obviously in the current uh, state that we were in, it made total sense. And I was totally on board with, uh, with trading him this year, it, it made the most sense because, again, personally, Jets d- don't don't look like a contender. I think we would all agree on that one. Um, so it made sense for them to sell, but um, that's I'm I'm still kind of boggled on on the half buying and half whatever. But oh yeah, but that's so Jets the standing patness. Also, is Zach Hyman even playing right now? I feel like I haven't heard that name in months. He's yeah. he's been all right. He's been good. I don't know. I th- I I know earlier in the season he was he was better, and I think he got hurt. I could be wrong on that one, but I feel like um, he missed. Anyways, I, he's not what we're talking about. But still. yeah, oh, he <laughs> has two goals tonight. Hey, well, look at him. Look at that guy. <laughs> Take an, another L for lists. Uh, no kidding. L, 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 L stands for lists, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I was just looking at Andrew Kopp. Uh, Small sample alert, five games, uh, 72 minutes of five on five, but he's at like 57.75% expected goals, 66, sorry, pardon me, that's Corsi, 57.75 Corsi, 66.03% expected goals. Mm -hmm. Great start. Boys rolling. I don't care who you're playing with. Those are excellent numbers. Yeah, for sure. Go off, King. Um, Yeah. Uh, who else did we trade it? Who else did we trade? Is that it? Is that all we traded away? That's I all we got rid of. Yeah. All right. Well, then I guess we should move on to the who came in. Um, and you I seem think, real keen to talk about Zach Sanford. So. I he he's top of mind. I mean, I feel like I feel like Appleton is one of the ones where, uh, like, I guess we'll get to him after. But I think Sanford Spoilers, has at least came in and did exactly what we thought he, he was going. He's to do. he's Mason Appleton. We already know who who he is. Uh, with with Zach Sanford, I mean, I. 
I think it's a poor use of, of trading a fifth, a fifth, I believe. Right. Yeah. Um, for him. But at the same time, I also look at that and go, it's a fifth. I mean, does it really matter? Um, and I think that he's been kind of miscast a little bit. Maybe the Jets see something in him, uh, like see a little bit more in him than, than uh, I personally do. Um, but I, I personally wouldn't have him uh, on the second line with uh, Wheeler and, and Dubois. Um, I, I liked when he was on the third line with, uh, with Lowry and, and Appleton. I thought he played fine there. I think, I mean, he's been okay on the second line, but it just seems like a, a miss like he's miscast a little bit i don't think he's even been okay on the second line brady i'll be honest with you i he he had a nice play the other maybe maybe i'm just (laughs) maybe i'm just biased i don't know but i just don't like him yeah i mean that's fair i like i i i just think that like my main issue with him on the second line is that he shouldn't be on the second line not that like i think that he's done as much as he could he can do in us in that role he's no andrew cop obviously but um but yeah i think it's just mostly a, a misusage uh wow are we surprised uh misusage uh, on the jets <laughs> i watch done? him I, I i watch him and i think a lazy adam lowry like i i feel like he's adam lowry but doesn't work nearly as hard yeah that's fair and maybe I, small I think, sample alert but yeah i i don't know and i also just think that to me like I don't like judging players in small sample sizes. And I literally forgot that man was still in the league. That's how like, he's not, I I can't say I know much about him from outside of the Jets experience that we've had so far. And all you need to know is that he was on the, he was on the cup team for St. Louis. And that's all you need to know. Apparently every player it's known. It's literally known that if you're on a Stanley cup winning team, that Stanley cup winning team is equally composed of equal players absolutely contributed totally to. yeah no that's 100 true he, yeah that he might means, as well be, uh he might as well be ryan o'reilly that means yeah. if you acquire a player Wait, which one did we st- get ryan o'reilly is <laughs> it doesn't matter because if you acquire a player that was on a stanley cup winning team that means you're automatically going to be better he's got stanley cup pedigree oh my god <laughs> anyways but back to what i was saying also Sorry. side note crazy yeah. how much i do a double take when i see number 13 on the ice now I'm oh. Like, oh, my god, Dubois. oh my god every <laughs> single time it's so go, weird no no i go brandon tanev <laughs> i um i'm no, still I i'm saw... still on that yeah that well that's just, that's just a little bit of trauma i think you got built up from <laughs> um but um i I genuinely though, like, I don't hate him as a player or anything like that. Like again, limited sample, whatever. But like, I saw someone say that he Lowry and Appleton, like that Stanley cup, that like, that's a decent Stanley cup fourth line. Like that's a good Stanley cup fourth line. I think yes. fourth line. Yes. Third line. Third line. Mm, no, it's okay. Adam Lowry is not a third line center on a contending team. We've, we've been over yeah, that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Can depends, which Adam, depends which Adam Lowry. If you get the first half Adam Lowry, I agree. I, I I think he's been good in the second half. I won't lie. I, he has been I better. I've mm-hmm. kind of liked I've kind of liked Adam Lowry's game lately. But uh, like, yeah, the finish the finishing thing is tough. But he does a lot to control possession for your team, and that's I mm-hmm. like that in the third line center. I, I mean, just don't I, I just do, don't like do. it at three point two five that's it oh yeah. yeah true that's for however many years no like uh... with the right guys like if it was like early on him and cop like depending on who they're like i don't know like on his own like it's hard players don't play on their own so it's hard to judge them that way so yeah he could be a third line whatever but if he's in combination with someone like zach sanford mason appleton i like that as a fourth line on a very strong yeah team. but we are not yeah. a very strong team so <laughs> wait we aren't what don't tell dave don't tell dave but also sorry this has just been rattling in my head for the past few days i next season assuming we have a new coach i think it it seems like we probably will um will adam lowry uh show up to practice and go you're not my dad you're not my real dad (laughs) (laughs) sorry um yeah i don't know I just don't really love the direction of, of trading for Zach Sanford um, just Weird. because of the, the philosophy behind it. But again, fifth round pick. Well, that's exactly it. Like I understand the idea of like replacing bodies, whatever. Like if you're going to 
clean house you need guys like seattle fuck like they just mm-hmm. <laughs> they lost everybody but that's not what we, we have viable options austin pagansky could have come back like we have in-house options that you don't need to david gustafson you know why, why are we saying you're austin actually pagansky when you're david actually gustafson literally exists your austin pagansky selection is actually making me happy that we traded for zach sanford yeah <laughs> hey no no honestly it was, I, I just thought it was so like not savage exactly but when mason upton comes back immediately gets number 22 i'm like Pagansky <laughs> sucks then like well, anyway besides yeah. The, but yeah it, it's the thing they bring in it's like okay replacing bodies whatever like i don't know maybe they want all their moose guys to stay with the moose to compete for the calder or whatever i don't know but yeah. you know they brought in this guy because they think they can he can help them make a playoff push it's like oh my god like, that's yeah it's it wasn't gonna it's happen great. based on the math like um they went what was it 11 and five or something in their last 16 games or something like that before mm-hmm. the toronto game i i can't remember exactly what the record was but it was pretty good yeah and i remember before that i was like okay well if they can just go on like uh an 11 and five run or something like that in the next number of games it's gonna be all fine and dandy but guess what you had dallas uh vegas and vancouver you had to pass all of them in order to get in the playoffs chances are one of those three teams is also going to be pretty good in that stretch they're not all going to be average Mm -hmm. dallas happened to be that team they also happened to be the team that was at the top of that list already so that may i mean that makes things a little bit worse but yeah. you're really no closer than you were at that point and that's just it's just probability it, it was it was likely that one of those teams was going to be very good in this stretch of games and even just looking at like if, if you even if you're not you don't want to subscribe to like like having you know looking at like a money puck model or or Don decisions from like the athletic saying like what playoff odds are if you can look at the standings right now and you see the Jets have 76 points in, in 69 games played, Dallas has three more points than us and has three games in hand. It's like, the, and you know, you're running out of games. The, Jet, the Jets have 13 games left. Like, I, I think I remember seeing a thing. I think exactly what I remember seeing uh, for what they had to go on was they had to go on an 11 and three run over their last 14 games. Uh, well, yeah. they lost to Toronto, so it looks like it's 11 and two now, uh, in the last 13, which, um, I guess doable theoretically. Um, but like, uh, I don't even know if that requires like Dallas to, to stub their toe and, and not even be able to, to, that's, that's based looking. on their current pace. That's, that's based, based on Dallas's pace, like what they're projected to finish at based on the points they have now mm-hmm. and looking at like i just have my planner in front of me and i write most of the jet ski minute we play colorado twice carolina nice. florida tampa bay new york rangers like that's, come on like is, is that rangers the time game? To win was this earlier month and they did it so well yeah, they did it okay, yeah. is that rangers game here or in in new york uh it's in new york Holy shit, guys. I was I, hoping I, to see if we could have a, an awful tribute video again. <laughs> the, God, that was embarrassing. That was, that was brutal. I, uh, I was upset, actually. Like, Patrick Line is... one was so nice. Perfect. And it was long, and they showed him, and it was great, whatever. This one, they lumped three dudes into one. They, one dude they was on the in. They guys well okay pascal vincent you can argue not maybe he wasn't irrelevant i don't know jack rosovic was irrelevant they lumped those two in with literally maybe maybe the best maybe one of the most exciting players the jets have ever ever played for the jets what the fuck are you doing i i have to emphasize this I, I, I understand Pascal Vincent made, meant a lot to uh, the AHL team and to when he was assistant coach. If he was, I can't remember exactly. I think he was. He was. Um, but oh my God, you lumped in Patrick Line's tribute with your AHL coach. Your A, like an ex AHL coach. Like uh, just, just that alone is, is ludicrous. Rosalvik, too, 
the like, player that held out and refused to sign with you until you got traded for a year, you're like, welcome back. He hasn't played with the team in like three years because you traded him after he sat and cried for a year because he didn't want to sign with your shitty team. Like, oh my God, why are you putting these dudes in the same tribute video? Like, it, yeah, hmm. I, I don't even, I, I, I was at a loss for words. It ruined but, a very special moment for me personally. Yeah. It was bad. I was I was excited for it. I, I went to record it on my phone and like I watched it back later. Obviously, they posted it to Twitter eventually, but like I watched it back on my phone and I could hear the audible disgust in 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 myself and I and Brian. I was at the game with Brian and um, oh, my God, it was uh, just awful, just awful, just brutal. Just a fun note uh, about Andrew Kopp tonight. The the Rangers did actually lose three nothing to the Islanders, but mm-hmm. um Andrew Kopp uh, on ice, Corsi, 100% on ice for 14 shot attempts, 4-0 against. My boy. <laughs> Good grief. That's insane. Out of boy. Good for him. Um, so we talked a little bit about the guys that um, we say goodbye to, said hello to at the trade deadline kind of stuff. And then we sort of jumped into, you talked about a little bit about the math towards you know, what the rest of the season needs to look like. And then uh, I think, Brady, you made a comment earlier, to quote, like assuming the Jets get a different coach. Um, just out of curiosity, I know there's a very small chance the Jets like the playoffs. You said the exact number. Like, it's obviously it fluctuates every day, but it's not looking good. Do you expect that the Jets don't make the playoffs and they get a new coach? Or do you think that if they make the playoffs, if they squeak in, that Dave Lowry stays? Or do you think he's gone regardless? I, I don't know. Um, you know, you the, know the answer to this. The Jets, Brady. the Jets are are a brand built on loyalty, correct, uh, and and loyalty to a fault. Um, and so, I here's the thing. There's one thing that Chevy said earlier in the season that really kind of like t- made me really go, okay. He, I think he actually is like, I I I don't see a long term future with this guy. But again, wins and making the playoffs and getting playoff revenue changes a lot of things, of course. Um, but I also think this is a moot point because the Jets are more than very likely not going to make the playoffs. Watch, watch me be wrong. I would be happy to be wrong because yes, actually, I don't know if I would be if, if Lowry comes back next year, but oh. yeah, well, that's exactly it. It's like now, like theoretically I'm sitting here and I'm like, I would love them to make the playoffs just because it's fun. And like the trade deadline yeah. is over before I didn't want them to now that it's over. It's like might as well. But if it means that they're going to sign Dave Lowry, then no, immediately. No. I, I think we need to put a disclaimer here. We're not cheering against the Jets. I think the, the the biggest thing is that we are very realistic and that this is not, a no matter what, even if they make playoffs, this is not a team that will go on a run. This is not a contending team. Yeah. This is not a team that can play with Toronto, with Florida, with uh, Colorado, Colorado, with yeah. Tampa. I mean, I guess they can play with Tampa because one game, but like, it's just, it's they're not a team that throughout two months of playoffs will will end up actually being um we'll see the fruits of their labor like they're not they're not going to and so realistically the best thing is to do whatever you can to set yourself up for next year um because the window the hellebuck window is uh, quickly coming to a close i feel like i've started and finished high school within the time that we've been saying hang on tight for next year don't do anything (laughs) that's that's another thing right like it's, like at what point is it so exhausting? No, it's it's always like you look towards next year. Okay, we're, we're going to add a couple pieces, whatever, what have you. Um, and yeah, it's just a disappointment year after year. It's been like that since the Bufflin retirement, right? When we picked our seasons this year, we because we share them with um, two other families, so we all got to like pick the games we wanted, whatever. I picked not the last Colorado game, but the second last. So we play Colorado on April 24th. I want to say it's like the second last game of the year, if not the last game. I didn't pick that one, but I picked the one that's on April 8th at home because I was like, wow, it's going to be duking it out, whatever playoffs. Like I genuinely had pretty high expectations for this team. Like last year I was like, yeah, push for next year. And then I low-key thought they did. And I was like, I think like, like, I thought they were a surefire playoff team, honest to God. There were te- there were people like like insiders and everything being like this. They might be the best team in Canada just yeah. just because they addressed uh, their their defensive issue with adding Dylan and Schmidt. And I think the biggest uh, the biggest thing that like adding those two players, what I think that Chevy should really take from it, 
uh, is that there is a large system is, issue in, in play. And, uh, and Dave Lowry, unfortunately, is just Paul Maurice uh, without the funny quotes uh, and talking <laughs> monotone to the media. That's, yeah. that's the reality of it. Well, and that's the kind of thing that, like, I think, because I was of the mind, I, he literally did textbook what I wanted this offseason. I was like, please don't go make a splash on Dougie Hamilton. I was like, bring in two pretty good guys, maybe a couple, like, whatever, short up, blah, blah, blah whatever. And then I liked the moves. They seemed off the board. They seemed to address need, whatever. I, I know I, not everyone was as keen on them because Nate Schmidt is a bit, mm, whatever, but like, I don't know. Like I, I was happy with it, whatever. But the fact that you can bring these guys in and like, you see videos of like some of the guys in the locker, whatever, like a lot of these dudes, like they really want to win. Like, I don't think the onus is on the players. Like maybe you can blame Mark Shifley for being the worst. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I actually can. <laughs> No, I said maybe you can. Like, I, I would say I can. But, like, beyond that, like, Blake Wheeler has exceeded what I thought he could do in his retirement state of mind, kind of whatever. Like, just my my old my old friend. Um, And, like, Nick Ehlers was not great at the beginning of the year. Kyle Connor has exceeded expectations. Ehlers has been back good back since his injury. Connor, Dubois has been fine. Like Ehlers has been incredible since he came back. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. No, exactly. I know. Like, oh, we're just yeah, kind of, like balancing between before injury and after injury yeah, like yeah. He's good this season whatever like no one other than mark shifley to me has been like Wah. and like mark shifley i'm pretty sure at the end of the day is still like a point per game player so it's like it that's this- not the issue that's not the issue the- no no i know but it's like uh, yeah like people um like shifley's an easy guy to rag on because he doesn't try defensively but he's still a positive player <laughs> for your team it's 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 an interesting conundrum because you know he can be so much more if he actually gave a shit and he just doesn't, but he's still a positive player. So that leaves fans kind of but, upset sometimes. And I get it. But, but like people even- talk about, tr- people talk about trading him and then going on a playoff run next year. Well, if you're going to do that, the player you get back has to be really good or has to be better than him. Like if as good or or better or be really good and young with a ton of upside. Yeah. I just think that it's the kind of thing where it's like you, like you said, he's a positive player, but he could be an like infinitely positive player. If like the amount of like, turnovers that he causes that adds to extra possession for the other team like Mm -hmm. the amount of like the you know back checks that he's not finishing we talk about that all the time whatever it's like the extra chances that are given like he's still a positive player but the fact that the the deficiencies are so glaring and he's still a positive player means that he could be that much more of a positive player which is just mind-numbing it's like exhausting yeah my my favorite thing to do is to play uh how many uh, strides has Mark Shifley taken on the defensive end of the pot of the ice uh, and I'd count them and it's always much lower than you expect it to be um, but the one thing that like I, I feel like because obviously we kind of live in a bit of a, a very hyper focused uh, world universe in, in on Twitter and everything like that but like from what if like I interact with a, a good chunk of people I, I go and I rough hockey a, a bunch and for everything that I keep hearing from like even just the more casual fans is like they're starting to get pretty uh, like just done with Shifley. Like it seems like it seems like the fan base is is genuinely starting to turn on this player. Um, and no, I think that are. that is You're right. You're and, like, and, and it usually takes it takes like a casual fan a lot longer to to get to that point obviously and if we're at that point it's like it's just kind of the same thing with earlier in the season when we still had Maurice and they were like people the casual fans were starting to go what what why do we have this guy what what's the point oh yeah and like I don't like thinking that I'm smarter than people whatever like the whole idea of the casual fan and stuff it's like I just we all sit here and we evaluate the game in a very different way and we're it's a lot more of this whole like how could we be better it's like there's and I, I know I'm guilty for this, like zero acceptance of, okay, here's the current good. Like I like to look at how could this player be better, whatever. And it's like, that's a fine way. And like, that's how I enjoy it is whatever. It's fine. But like you said, the fact that there are people who are not, who are fine to be happy with the team that is winning, like that's good for you. Your life must be a lot more calming mm-hmm. and like good, <laughs> but like they sit there and like, yeah, like the fact that like we had said a positive player 
who has a letter who's been here forever is like slowly starting to like aggravate fans who aren't easily aggravated by players with these smaller deficiencies like that says something to me yeah I, I absolutely it's it's I don't know man I, I don't know what the Jets are gonna do like do they do they trade him do they I think there's a really good chance he gets moved in the off season. like I don't know I like Frank you know? Saravalli dropped it at first like yeah. thought that people around the league thought that this might be Shifley's last season in Winnipeg or was that Friedman? I no, think it was, it was, it was, it was Sarah Valley. I think Friedman kind of, was it Friedman? Somebody echoed that in one of the podcasts. Yeah. I, I think I might've been Merrick. Yeah. And put whatever stock you want into this account, but NHL rumors daily, he's, he, he gets a lot of stuff right he clearly yeah. knows somebody um has really hinted at that as well so but, I, I mean, think there's it, a really good i think there's a really good chance unless the jets have a change of heart that's that's the thing that's the key is that like i go uh, yeah they i'm sure they're considering it they maybe explored it but i i don't see i don't see chevy doing the actual like work to find a good deal for it and and let's be honest here like going back to the what if it's not what trade, if it's not chevy well, but like the thing is you need to, you need to find an adequate return for that. You're not just going to trade your top centerman for no reason. And like, like, let's like, let's just I got say, upset let's, at let's, you for saying top centerman. Well, you know what I mean? I, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? The, he's at least cast in that role. We but need the thing is, Dubois, he's going to be the top center. Just I, I completely yeah. agree. And as he gets older and, and better and everything he's yeah. Absolutely. But the main thing is like uh, going back to like the Patrick Laine trade, let's be honest here. Do you think that that trade, do you think that that trade happens unless Pierre-Luc Dubois has his, his uh, upset, um, like his, whatever, I can't, I don't even know what to call it. His fit in, in, yeah, his shift of, of, <laughs> of shift. wanting to not, yeah, the shift. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> do you think that that, that trade happens if the Jets don't have like uh an adequate replacement player or someone to trade for just kind of drop in their lap because that trade just kind of happened in my opinion, because that was just a perfect match at the right time. It was. Yeah, no, for sure. Like the Jets wouldn't have. Yeah. Like it, it was just like a super weird, whatever, but like to me, it's a decent play by Chevy in the sense oh, that I agree. you rarely are going to see a guy fall in your lap like that. And giving up, like, how do we know? Maybe Patrick Lane was sitting there saying, I refuse to sign long-term in Winnipeg. Like, we mm-hmm. don't know that. Like, things like that. Like, it was the play to make. But I, so I think in a similar sense, like, you're not going to see them trade Mark Shifley for futures just because you you can't. And and how often does a guy like Pierre-Luc Dubois or, or whoever just cap, become disgruntled with their situation and want out? Like, and that's when, and I, I think there is a, a a decent possibility that Shifley gets moved in the off season, but like I, it, the, the, the chips have to fall in a certain way for that to even become a, a possibility in my opinion. If yeah, they have trading? to make playoff and they have to have, there has to be some sort of like equal or adequate piece that wants to be traded or that another team wants to trade. Like it's, it's not just, it, you, you don't find these trades don't happen often because there's not often that you find a match here's why they don't happen is because gms are way too conservative in their approach so that too. if i'm and a they team overvalue their prospects that yeah so mm. basically a team like say i don't know the rangers they're they're in a spot where they're going to be competing for you know the next few years kind of thing um but let's take a guy like Alexi Lafreniere, for example, or Capocaco, or Capocaco. So, both of these guys, top two picks, um, they've been either good at times or just not good at all. Ka- I think Caco had a good year last year. He's been, I think, underwhelming. Underwhelming year. is a good word to use. Yeah, right? underwhelming for sure. Um, I think both of them actually. Um, but their window is kind of beginning now. Do they want to wait and see with those guys or do they 
want to move them and get an established player like a Mark Shifley. It's the type of trade you see all the time in the NBA, but you don't mm. see in the NHL. A player or a team wild. trading their top prospect or one of their top prospects for a very good player. Kind like of Mark Shifley has been the same player for four years. He's been a similar player for like seven, but he's been the exact same dude for four years, like on God. And it's like, you know that. And if you're the New York Rangers, for example, and you want to be a cup contender next year, like, do you really want to play it out with that Alexi Lafreniere, whatever, or do you get the guy that you know is going to do what you need to do? I yeah. have a question for you both. Do you think that if the Jets were to bring in a different coach who was a lot harder on Shifley was do you think that there is the possibility for uh, a, a shift in how he plays the game no. there's a possibility I don't know if it's a likelihood but there's a possibility like I think that it's been too long and I think it's just been like I I just don't think it would work out like I think he would get disgruntled over it I think it would just be like a very strange dynamic to try and change everything about him Mm-hmm. and even though i th- like if you were to bring in like a john tortorella for example who's like a like and just decide, please, no, no. No, I, please don't i know <laughs> i know i know, I know. Um, i'm just saying it but like you bring him in he's like a zero tolerance policy whatever like with whatever he chooses for that particular day and he's like like you know no back check whatever like i think shifley would just get pissed because i don't think that he's at the age where a nurturing coach will help advance him in his career like i think the dude's just like he, he is, he is who he is, is. <laughs> yeah that's fair. And that's totally fair. Or was I, it that, I, that euphoria thing? Put your dick away. I am who I am. <laughs> like that, that's literally Mark Shifley. I, I've never watched euphoria to be Me honest. neither. I just, it was, <laughs> it was a trending audio on TikTok. I don't um, even know what euphoria is, guys. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. That was a bust. Never mind. I take it back. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably in the minority there, though. So. I've never seen it either. So you're good. I, I was going to bring something up today and I'm, I'm actually wondering if it was an April Fool's thing. Um, I saw something that uh, was regarding the Canucks and um, potentially not bringing Boudreaux back. And then oh, and I, I saw that. Was this a bit? Was, I, I don't know if this was a bit. And then it was like saying that like, like Jim Rutherford has a lot of ties with like Paul Maurice. It and has could, to be a bit. I, but, a it, bit. It was, but it was, it was someone, it, the thing is that makes me wonder if it was a bit or not was because like it wasn't like a, a jets a jet centric uh uh like twitter account it was i think it was uh taj who's a, a vancouver it's a vancouver guy vancouver guy I and could so still be i could still be a gag it could still be a gag because i guess the bujo not coming back would be a gag obviously but like i don't know i haven't listened to it yet but the last 31 thoughts po- or 32 thoughts podcast was titled bruce so who knows who knows okay. I, I, I also know. think that there's something really weird going on in Vancouver. Like, I, I know my dad gets irritated with this, and it's like when, you know, Travis Green, maybe not the best coach ever, whatever, like their team sucks. They fire the dude and they go on an 11 game winning streak. Like, obviously, the players gave up on the coach. Like, there's yeah. no there's no way around it. So, like, I feel like there's something odd going on there. So, like, maybe, maybe that is the case. Like, you know, after the hype is done, like maybe Bruce and they're not seeing eye to eye. Like there's something, I don't know. Like, I just feel like there's something strange with that team and that group of players they have right now. Who knows if Bruce Boudreaux comes available, I will lose my mind. Uh, if the jets don't do everything in their power to get him. I still um, want Mike Johnson to come work for our team in some capacity. So me too. yes, try and uh, try and cry cool. uh, Barry trots from the Islanders, which I know would never happen, but but God, I would love that. Get 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 Jen Botterill in the front office too. Hell yeah. Let's Bang. go. Credit card on the table. <clears throat> Give me that. Right <laughs> no, literally. Like, yeah. Like, I just feel like there's so much potential for like, and I feel like those are the kinds of people that like, what you, like when you were talking about the whole idea of that, that basketball concept of a trade of bringing in, you know, trading some, what could be, they could end up being better players in the long run, but maybe not the current situation, the player you need right now now kind of thing like I feel like there's kind of that this modern like there are some people that will think that way in hockey and I feel like if you bring them in you could get some really exciting teams going Mm -hmm. look back to uh 2019 trade deadline for the Jets you were were talking (laughs) Bogdan Kislevich 
That's the year. Re- it? Release the Bogdan. Re- that was, release that was, the Bogdan. That was the year that we we were, we had the most trades of any team at the deadline, and that was uh like Nathan that was the Kevin Bolu, baby. Nathan Bolu, Kevin Hayes, Nathan Bolu. He's basically Joe Morrow, who also wasn't good. We traded. We <laughs> he traded just scored Nathan one goal in the playoffs for uh, Parlin home. Oh yeah, true. Um. <laughs> Can you imagine Nick Patan waking up one day and seeing that Bruce Boudreaux has been fired and Paul Maurice is the new head coach of the Vancouver <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Simpsons meme. That's it. Back to Winnipeg. Back to Winnipeg. <laughs> what? Uh, I forgot where I was going with that, guys. I don't know. What were you? I don't remember what we were saying. <laughs> Shit. Oh, <laughs> man. That's so unfortunate. Oh, 2019. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's right. We were talking about prospects and like, um, yeah, maybe trading your top prospects if it means getting a, a top guy. Um, Mark Stone was available in 2019. And the thought was, okay, do we want to trade a Jack Roslovic or a Christian Veselainen or a Sammy Niku or two? Yes. yes. Looking back, it's like, of course you would. Yeah. You you were back at the time though. We were looking at Christian Veselainen as a really really good prospect, like I, a guy who could be a very good top six forward. We were looking at Sammy Niku as a guy who could be a top four defenseman, and we were looking at Jack Roslevic as possibly like a, a top, top six guy. Uh, whatever. None of that came to fruition, and honestly, sometimes that's just the way it is, and. Maybe you shouldn't always value your prospects as what their ceiling is. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. Also, whatever you do, do not go to my Twitter account and search uh, Christian Veselainen. Uh, I have some incredibly bad takes. I was I was super hyped on him. I thought he was going to be uh, left-handed line A. Like I was, I, yeah. it was bad, <laughs> bad. But- I totally agree. And like, I feel like it's like the same thing. And like, I don't even want to bring it up because I know we could talk about it for so long, but that was the same mentality we had with this whole idea of Logan Stanley over Dylan DeMello at the expansion draft protection list. It's like, listen, maybe his ceiling is X, Y, Z. Do you believe it's actually better than what Dylan DeMello is right now? Maybe, but what does your team need right now? And it's not the odds of Logan Stanley it's the current excellence that is Dylan DeMello and it's like we don't need to get onto that discussion because I know that's so played out we've talked about it way too much but it's a very similar mentality and it's like if you talk about like listen if the Jets were like on the cusp of being like the cup contender and it was like a matter of are you willing to give up Cole Perfetti to bring in Jack Eichel you do it oh absolutely and it's times, yeah. a lot of people wouldn't there were a lot of guys who were like, oh yeah, like Dylan Sandberg is untouchable in a trade. It's like, oh my God. Come on. That was that was literally Rangers fans uh when when <laughs> when the Eichel trade was going on. They had so Zach many guys Jones. Were like, yeah, you can't can't touch that guy. He's untouchable. Can't touch like, what's his name? Matthew Robertson or whatever. I, I can't I don't know their prospect pool well enough, but I just remember they were they were uh, over a lot of them. Um who's the the Russian guy with the starts of the K on the Kravsov, uh, yes. Yeah, that yeah, him who also later on was like, I don't want to play for your team. So good good thing you kept him, guys. <laughs> no, but exactly. It's the same thing. And every team is gonna be the same way. It's you're gonna have every fan base. It's like you're gonna go to like LA. LA is doing quite well this year. It's like, oh, make a trade, whatever. They're actually gonna be like, mm, no, like Alex Turcott. No, you can't. It's like, oh my God, like really, like there's just so many players that it's like maybe he will be really, really good, but do you really want to play those odds? and forego what could be a surefire return right now in the time that you need it most. Yeah. Turcotte also hasn't had quite the development that he should have. I think. No, no, I know. Turcotte is a weird one. And that's also the thing. If you're a team that can look at yourself in the face and go, we can develop this player properly, then sure. Keep your, keep your, keep your, your prospects. But like, most teams I, are lying to themselves if they think absolutely like every and, single time they're going to be able to develop their guys. And and a guy like like Christian Veselainen, I'm not saying that he's only because he hasn't had the proper development, but he sure has sure has not had the best development. That's for sure. Um, no, I, I I'm not just pinning that on coaching uh, or anything like that. 
but uh, but there's a lot of players who we can look at and go the they had a, a much higher potential or even just look at uh, even the guys who are on the team now and go, wow, is it a coincidence that like all of our really good forwards are bad at defense unless they were like literally made to be a defensive forward and then happen to have offensive talents later on, like Andrew Cobb, for example. Um, like it's, it, it can't be a coincidence. And, and then that's the thing. If, if you, if we really were a draft and develop team, sure. Keep Logan Stanley at the trade at, at the, uh, at that. But also, again, it's also about analyzing where you are. Just like it's also about there. the Logan Stanley thing is also, and not to, not to overvalue the prospects we have now, but I mean, I guess Logan Stanley would also fall in that category at the time is still a prospect, but um, you have lots of lefty prospects. There's probably the option to backfill with somebody. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and the thing is, Hanel, like, H- sorry, go ahead. Um, Hanel, Sandberg, Chisholm, any of those guys might be able to step in right now. I mean, Hanel is in right now, and it's, you know, it, I'll be honest, I've been a little bit disappointed in the last couple of games from him, but he had a bad game against Toronto. That was he did not Bobby Orr, he's right. Yeah. You what? know what? You know what? Um, <laughs> we talk about overrating prospects, um, but I don't think you can do that with Billy Hanela. He's going to be the next Bobby Orr. Yeah. This is a fact. You just have to give him the time. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. We just, oh, yeah. we just know that. Just just you watch. He could have been better be than Cam McCarr. He's going to score 30 goals in a season one year. I guarantee it. Brian, didn't you say that he, he would he would have been Kale McCarr? Didn't you say that? He absolutely <laughs> would be Kale McCarr right now. If and he's the best defenseman on this play. team and will be the best defenseman on this team for years and years. And in the league. Come. It's a guarantee. And in the it's league. A it's a guarantee. Absolutely. 100%. Like, uh, what, what, is, what is going <laughs> on here? Even? I'm done. I'm done. I can't, I can't um, keep this bit up. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, but I know what you mean. Yeah, that Toronto game was not great for him, to be honest. It was not like, good. And, but, like, Pionk's had a weird season. Like, I think they just, the two of them, against such a strong team. Honestly, I'll hand it to Dave Lowry. He brought in Hainala, and maybe it's a, ma- a matter of who has not been playing in his place. But, like, he has not been sheltering his minutes. Like, that boy is out there. Like, he's, yeah, he's- He's bland. I won't um, lie. If and- sheltering his minutes might be a good idea right now. Like he's, I think he's ready for the NHL, but I don't know if he's ready for a top role in the NHL. And like, and that's I, especially I'm what he got. Totally, I'm totally fine with saying like, he's not, he's not an above average NHLer yet. And that's totally fine. Like he's, there's definitely some deficiencies there. Um, yeah. My biggest disappointment, I guess would be, um defending on the rush i thought he would be better by being more aggressive i don't know if that's just a coaching thing or a him thing but he's he has to work on that gap and he does this weird thing where and i didn't think it would affect him too much in the nhl just because i thought the aggressiveness would kind of um kind of water this out a little bit but he does this weird thing when he's defending the rush where he almost has trouble back skating, so he has to kind of turn to skate mm-hmm. forwards, but then he kind of opens himself up for an inside move. And it there's times where I get a little nervous watching him do that. Um, I think that's something that he can work on and get a lot better at. Um, another thing that I've like personally noticed just over the past few games is he, it seems like he always has two hands on his stick. I don't know if either of you have noticed that. But it seems like like he's not really having an active stick. I know it's 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 minutia. It's just something I've noticed. Um, but like, and that likely uh, is one of the reasons he kind of uh, cross-checked Michael Bunting in the face. Uh, which also, <laughs> like, if we're being honest here, could maybe uh, would would maybe be worthy of of a look at from you are like, a least Homer Brady. Oh, shut up! Big off. No, Big honestly, off. I had to step away from a conversation with Lee Homer. They're like, it's precedent. See exactly <laughs> what Matthews did to Rasmus Dahlin. I'm like, no, it's not. 
was like, sure, maybe you could find him for that. Like, what? Anyways, besides the point. It's, it, it was a bit different because the, the Dalian one was more like uh, directly. The isn't there. Like, directly in the face. Yeah. And, and whereas I could see, like, in my opinion, worth a fine. But uh, also, Leafs fans are hilarious and everything is the end of the world to them. Um, also, want to see my... Hanala stretchered off, eh? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Add him to the list. <laughs> um i um, was okay, i was okay i want to just vent about something with that game super quick too um go for it so when that one goal the Tavares goal i nylander goal i don't know the one where kevin sawyer and and dennis bayock the jets homers were like oh like billy didn't tie up his stick whatever like because he didn't i was so mad because it's like that's how the Winnipeg Jets get every single goal scored on them is when they have a guy in front who's positioning the body, but the guy is still the opponent is still able to get a clean deflection off because the stick yeah. is completely fine. There's a guy up in his grill, but they don't tie up the stick ever. And it's really aggravating because it's like people are like, oh, Logan Stanley's so big. I'm like, if he's big, he should be able to use that size to effectively take away the scoring threat in front of the net and they never do but this was like the only time i've ever heard them comment on it It was like why now where has this been like seven times per game for the other 68 games of the season anyways that was pissing me off obviously i noticed it because it's my little guy but it's like i feel like they still never bring it up you know there's the thing with stanley he doesn't it's not like this wasn't supposed to be with stanley sorry it's not like he wouldn't I think it's not like he wouldn't tie the stick up in that situation. I think it's a thing where he's just always chasing and he just isn't in front of the net when the guy is there. So like there have just been countless replays of like beautiful save by Connor Hellebuck or goal by the other team where Mm -hmm. someone in the front deflects the puck because their stick is perfectly able to do that because there's a guy right beside him, but he's not doing anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think uh, Garrett Hole had a really good tweet about uh, Stanley the other day, where he's, he just goes, "Stanley is often miscast by fans. Yes. He's a shot volume, always shooting defender that will bruise the opposition sometimes. That's what he was in junior and the AHL. He's not a defensive defender." And then he continues on with another one. This is neither a negative nor a positive comment. Simply just talking about player types, uh, which helps give optimal line mates and deployment. He is deceptively good with the stretch pass but hasn't been a, a great transition guy despite that. I think that that is a, an incredibly good way to look at Stanley and just how yeah. it, it, uh, all of our kind of like caveman brains looked at, look at him and go big man uh, hurt other guy, make sure they don't touch goalie. Um, but like, that's just not who he is. Unfortunately, he yeah. sometimes, he sometimes plays the body and plays, plays physical, but he, is just big for the sake of being big he reminds me um of Zidane Ochara of Zidane he's he's Zidane Ochara right that, that's reminds what you're gonna say, me, you're gonna say Ochara, me right? of Tyler Myers actually a little bit just with a little bit less offensive skill yeah I see that I get yeah that. like I totally agree like he, shot volume is like perfect like, offensive skill seems like a bit of a stretch for I'll me, say right? offensive creativity because Myers actually was fairly creative offense yeah, oh, yeah. Stanley no. is more just shoot 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 like yes. just oh, yeah, force, kind of yeah but he scored two goals on Carey Price so what do you know <laughs> look I think he can be a totally fine six seven guy mm-hmm. so do you guys want to kind of I we've been rambling on and on a bit for a little while did you guys yeah, sorry. Want to talk a little bit no guilty oh my god um <laughs> but like do you guys want to talk a little bit about kind of you know just how the rest of the season we think it's going to play out sort of um setting the stage for the off season maybe not diving in too much to what's going to happen in the off season but just kind of talking about how we expect the next 13 games to go whether it's anticlimactic whether it's going to be a really big push or what what are, what are your thoughts about throw to brian first um Hanel is playing games now and actually he's getting lots of minutes which um is is good I like I like the fact that he's uh getting minutes right now and learning out there even sometimes maybe if he's a little bit overmatched in in some of the minutes he's getting um I I will also say that the minutes with Pionk and away from Pionk have been two completely different stories um 
so yeah um but yeah it's a good thing that he's getting minutes i think if they can get schmidt back with him that that would be a, a very good thing i think those two are a good pair um maybe look at getting sandberg some games as well yeah, down the stretch here um i would like to see gustafson as well although it seems like they've they just want brought up them. they brought up morgan baron and they actually today they changed it from an emergency recall to an actual recall so it sounds like he's he's here to stay for the rest of the season i think um mm-hmm. so may, maybe they picked him over gustafson anyway for the season so I think that that's more of a, I think that's more of a, they want to keep Gus on the AHL team. To, yeah. And to maybe, that. maybe they want to do the same thing with Sandberg too. I'm, I'm not sure, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But at this point it's like, I don't know, like the Calder cup, I feel like is not as much of a priority as setting yourself up for success in the future with your team. And I think giving your guys reps um, in the league that they could or should be in should be a priority, but I also don't mind it. Like, I don't, I don't feel super strongly about it. Also, one thing I will say, I haven't been able to watch a lot of Moose games on TV, but my God, David Gustafson is one of the most entertaining players to watch. He's so yeah. good. Like, he he's, is so good. He's very good. He's mean, too. I, I like, like, I don't know. It's one of the things that pisses me off. Like, we watched Billy Handel play with the Moose. I'm like, he's so mean compared <laughs> to some of the other guys, whatever. But it's like, people don't equate that with whatever. But, like, he's kind of mean and i don't know it's it's fun i like it it's fun to watch when you're in person yeah i as far as sandberg goes like i i i could see him getting a game or two the the only reason i specifically say that um because it it, i think he differs a little bit from gustafson uh mainly in the pure fact that like prior to him getting injured he was playing like second pair minutes for um, the what he would two or three games that he was here and like actually looked good and it seemed like it seemed like the like Lowry liked him. It seemed like he was in good favor with the coach. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I don't know exactly what they're going to do with him if they want to just keep him down there and send him to the playoffs. And hopefully, uh, I don't even actually. I'll be honest with you. I don't even know if the Moose are in a playoff spot. Um, oh yeah, they're. I don't know what I don't know what position they're in exactly, but I know they've been a really good team all year. Good for them. <laughs> if they can get good goaltending in the playoffs, then I think they could very well go on a Calder Cup run. When they're healthy, they might be the best team in the AHL. Hell yeah. It's it's the only problem with them is goaltending. So if they can get that short up then yeah, it, it's pretty good pretty for them. rough for them down there. Like it's the kind of thing where it's like you can, you know, watch them play, look at literally any stat or just look at shot differential every single game. They're out shooting opponents like 40 to 15 and losing 3-2, and it's like, oh, my God, like, this poor, this poor guys. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, like, I have high expectations, high hopes, high whatever um, for a lot of the guys on that club, whether it be in any capacity um, that they, you know, choose to are given with, whether it be with the NHL or with the AHL. Like, I think there's a lot of good going on there, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. Um, okay, so there's 13 games left of the season. Uh, let's all give a uh, prediction of what the Jets are going to go for the rest of this run. Um, remember, I keep in mind, I think 11 and two was the like, they kind of need to do that in order to get to the playoffs. Um, uh, Liz, you first. Um, six and seven. Mm, six, six and one. Oh, I was going to pull out the, the overtime loss. Damn. Just right, right in the middle of the Six, six, and one. That's my guess. You, okay, I, I came up with this before you said that. I, I'm going to say six, five, and two. Six, five, and two. I'm going to go... I'm actually optimistic, uh, but I don't think it's, it's going to be enough. I think I could see them going like eight. Uh, I need to make sure I do the math on this one second. <laughs> Remember, Carolina, uh, Florida... Well, that was my thought was initially I was 100% going to go with a winning record for them just because of, you know, the nature of the do or die, whatever. But, like, those are some tough opponents. But they also have, like, Ottawa, Montreal, Detroit, Seattle. And it'll also uh, depend, too, on if certain teams. Like, Carolina, correct me if I'm wrong, is pretty much short up first in the division, right? Like, they might start resting guys early. Um, Yeah. It's very dependent. I just want to get my my actual one in. I'm going to go 8-4-1 is my – if that – Okay. Yeah. Wait, yeah. that's yeah. 
Oh, that's okay. Wait, that is enough games. I, I like, like that. I, like I made sure three times. Like that is thirteen, right? <laughs> Mine was thirteen, um, right? Yeah, it was thir- It was thirteen. We're good. Okay, so it was eight, four, and one. List was six, five, and two. No, that was me. That was you, Brian. My bad. And she went Liz, six, was six, and one. Six, six, and one. All right, go Jets. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, always appreciate it. Um, make sure you're checking us out on Twitter. That's where we are always doing stuff. That's that's the place to be. Um, but yeah, as always, let us know what you think about the episode. Um, let us know, kind of share your thoughts. If you were sitting on the Zoom call with us right now, what would your contribution have been? How do you feel? What do you agree with? What do you disagree with? That's kind of why we're here. Um, and also, if you have any ideas about something you're looking to hear from us, uh, let us know. Um, Thanks as always for listening and take care and see you next time. Cheers.